0: Our passage this morning comes from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. Once you find it or get close, would you please stand if you're able for the reading of God's Word? I'll be reading from the New International Version this morning. Now, at New Community, after we read the Bible, I will say... This is the word of God, and then you uh, shout back with enthusiasm, thanks be to God. You think you can do that? Yes, sir. You think you can do that? Yes. Okay, all right, can be more, here we go. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. People walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have scattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. This is the word of God. Thank you, God. And so Holy Spirit of the living God, we ask that you would now be the teacher and the interpreter of your living word to our lives today. We've got a lot on our minds. We've got things coming up later today. But for these next few minutes, Holy Spirit, would you help us to be grounded and centered on you alone? Would we expect that even on this day, you have something fresh for us, something living for us, something transforming for us today? We'll honor you and glorify you for any change you want to make in us today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Have your seats. It's so good to be with you. I love being here. I love hanging out with your pastor, with Lady D, any chance that we get. So that's fun to do regardless, but to be worshiping together uh, as one family today is really a treat and a blessing. So thank you very much for hosting us. Thank you for your hospitality. Um, about two weeks ago Some of our church leaders were having a, a long meeting to plan the 2017 church calendar we were looking Ahead at what's to come and so we were talking about Next year's resurrection Sunday And looking at, at what date uh, Christmas was going to be on next year And as we were having that conversation one of our Church leaders uh, shared that, that For her resurrection Sunday Is always much more enjoyable Than Christmas And, uh, and not just a little bit but like a lot more enjoyable Kind of to the point where she doesn't really care About Christmas all that much And so oh, that's was interesting So we asked her about that you know, Tell us a little bit more why you feel that way And she said well it's just because Christmas is so commercialized uh, She said Christmas Kind of has lost its meaning For me Anybody know what she's talking about?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't feel Like what I read about in the Bible mm. As opposed to Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, right? It's not so commercial. Our culture doesn't care as much about Easter Sunday. So to her, Easter, Resurrection Sunday feels more important, more pure. And I get that. And that got me thinking about the different ways Christians in our culture think about Christmas. Because whether or not you're a a Christian, Christmas is still a big deal culturally. Would you agree? So uh, so let me, uh, there's a couple of differences between what I'll call cultural Christmas and, and Christian Christmas. Okay. So on the one hand, Christian Christmas celebrates a baby born in a manger. Yeah. Cultural Christmas celebrates uh, a jolly man in a magical sled. Uh-huh. This is a little different. Would you agree? <laughs> yes, it's a sir. little different. Yes, sir. One tells a messy story about teenage pregnancy, tyrannical rulers, and a smelly barn that served as a stable. Mm-hmm. The other cultural Christmas spares no expense to create that perfect moment, that picture perfect. Our family has no drama. We can actually afford all of these presents under the tree (laughs) moment. One requires that we turn our attention away from ourselves and worship the God who took on our flesh. The other tempts us to look away from that God. So that we might feed our insatiable desires for more, more, more. Plenty of differences between these two views of Christmas. But as I was thinking about the differences, I all of a sudden noticed a similarity. There's something that everybody shares when it comes to Christmas, whether you're a Christian or not. And it's this waiting. Say waiting, waiting. Whether or not you're a Christian, Christmas is all about waiting. All the children in the room (laughs) say. Again, even if you're not a Christian, you're waiting. You're counting down the days. If your family has presents or a Christmas tree, you get excited about these things. You're waiting for Christmas morning to come. Or you're waiting for the family to all gather together. Or you're waiting for the family to go home We're waiting Preach man, preach Now as Christians Waiting is also very important When it comes to Christmas time In fact, waiting is so important That without it, without waiting The Christmas story as we know it Just wouldn't exist Isaiah wrote his prophecy, the verses we read a minute ago. He wrote his prophecy hundreds of years before Jesus was born. He pointed forward to a day when Israel would be rescued from her oppressors. He says a light would come. People would rejoice. The yoke and the rod of the oppressors would be shattered. And all of this would happen one day after much waiting. Because God's Messiah was going to come in victory. Isaiah says he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom. Establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. Now the ancestors of those who first heard Isaiah's hopeful prophecy were still waiting generations later. Still waiting for Messiah to come. Mary and Joseph were waiting. They were waiting for God's salvation. The shepherds were still waiting as they tended to their flocks under that starry sky. The magi and other lands were waiting for this prophecy to be fulfilled. Anna in the temple. The end of her life was still looking and longing and waiting for Messiah to come. Simeon, her contemporary, said when he finally met Jesus in the temple, after years of waiting, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. We wait. But of course, as Christians, waiting on God is not limited to Christmas time. So much of our faith is about waiting on God. Waiting is one of the major themes of the weeks, the Advent weeks leading up to Christmas. When we remember that we await our Savior's return. We know that this is not how the story ends. We wait for Christ to come back. Waiting is one of the major themes throughout Scripture. The psalmist says in Psalm 27 and 14, wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. Wait for the Lord. And would you agree that waiting is a theme in your life as well? Not just waiting in Chicago traffic. (laughs) It's a theme in our lives. We cry out to God for that child. We wrestle with God about our career. We plead with God for our marriage. We ask God for his mercy to be manifest in the violent corners of our city. And all the while, we wait. We wait on God. Christmas time is about waiting very powerful way, Christmas becomes the concrete evidence that our waiting is not in vain. Our waiting on God is not passive and it is not hopeless. Our waiting is purposeful. When we wait on God, we are pointing forward to the day when we will wait No more. Waiting is a temporary state of being. Our waiting is a signpost to the day when each of God's promises in your life is fulfilled with an internal yes and amen. Just like Israel's waiting on God was vindicated on that first Christmas in Bethlehem. Our waiting on God anticipates the day when Jesus returns. We will await no more. We wait. Christmas is about waiting. But the waiting goes both ways. Christmas reminds us that God also waits. God waits on us. The Apostle Paul in Galatians 4 Verses 4 and 5 writes, But when the set time had fully come, God sent his Son, born of the woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. The set time had fully come. This is what Mary and Joseph and so many others had been waiting on God for. They were waiting on God and waiting on God's timing. They were waiting on Isaiah's promises. But while the set time of Messiah's birth was something that people waited for, it was also an indication of how God waits for you. The Bible tells us many things about what God is like, about God's character and attributes. And one of the themes that comes up consistently from the beginning to the end is that God is patient. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And God is patient, not just in a general sense. God is patient specifically. He is patient with you. God's patience has a direction. It's directed to us. Exodus 34 and 6 tells us that the Lord is compassionate, gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness. Numbers 14 and 18 says the Lord is slow to anger, abounding in love and forgiving sin and rebellion. Our prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 30 and 18 tells us that the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He will rise up to show you compassion. Is it surprising to you that God has countless reasons to show you patience? You and I forget God's faithfulness to us. You and I tend to make this life mostly about us. We give our worship and our allegiance to gods of our own making. And despite all evidence and experience to the contrary, we continue to wonder if that original lie, the serpent's lie in the garden, is better than our Creator's promise. Is it surprising that God waits patiently on you? Is it surprising that God must wait patiently on us when we elect a demagogue for a president? When we tolerate epidemics of gun violence in our cities? they only happen in those neighborhoods. Mm.
1: Is it surprising that God
0: must wait patiently on us when we expect our police department to do the work of defunded social service providers? Is it surprising to us that God must wait patiently on us when we rationalize a system that unashamedly educates a child based on where her family can afford to live? Ooh. Is it surprising to you that God waits patiently on you? That God must wait patiently on a people for whom sin remains our comfortable shadow, for whom selfishness remains our preferred view of God's creation, for whom the filthy rags of our own self-righteousness remain our preferred wardrobe. Is it surprising that God must wait On us. Our very nature and actions require that God, if He were not to banish us forever from His presence, must be patient with us. This morning I am thankful to God that He waits on me. (laughs) I'm thankful to God that He is patient with me. I'm thankful to God that He is long suffering with me. But the news about God's waiting is. Even better on this Christmas morning. Because you see, it's not just that God is patient. And it's not just that God is patiently waiting on us. The Bible shows us that there is a divine purpose to God's patient waiting. Let me read you a couple verses from Paul's Apostle Epistle to the Romans in chapter 3 and 25 and 26. Paul says God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. Now, listen, he did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in forbearance, in patient waiting, he had left the sins committed before unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just. The one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. In other words, God waits patiently for us for the purpose of our salvation. 2 Peter 3 and 15 says it a lot more succinctly. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. This is the direction of God's patience. This is the end of God's patience. This is the purpose of God's patience in your life is your salvation. Amen. Amen. God waited patiently on us when in fact his justice would have required our banishment. God waited patiently on us when in fact his righteousness would have required our punishment. God waited patiently on us when his holiness would seem to require that he walk away from us, that he leave us to our own self-destructive devices, that he disentangle himself from the creatures who were supposed to reflect his image and glory to the creation. But God waited patiently for you. God waited patiently for us. Bring it to the present tense. God waits for you. God waits for us. God waits patiently for us and for our good. He waits patiently for you to return to him. He waits patiently for us to place our faith in him, to find our salvation in him. He waits patiently for us to take our place with him as stewards of his creation, caring for this city, for our neighborhoods, and for one another. He waits patiently for us to turn away from the chattering celebrities who grab our attention, from the noisy politicians who try to grab our allegiance, and from the temporary glitter of our media-saturated world. He waits patiently for us to turn instead To Bethlehem, to the stable, to the infant Emmanuel, God with us, vulnerable, naked, crying in the dark night, helpless before this world. He waits patiently for us to worship only Him, to find ourselves only in Him. almost done. Exactly. This Christmas, this Christmas, we wait on God. But God waits on you. This Christmas, we choose to wait on God, but this Christmas, God is waiting and will not stop waiting on you. I want you to see this. We wait on God because we desperately need Him. God waits on us not because He needs us, but because He loves us. Our waiting is born out of our need. We will die without God. God's waiting is born out of His profound love for you. So He will not stop. He will not stop being patient with you. God's patient waiting is born out of his love. A love that waited through the centuries. A love that waited through nine months of Mary's pregnancy.
1: A love that waited
0: through the young family's flight to Egypt as refugees.
1: A love that waited
0: through years as an obscure carpenter working beside his father. A love that announced the nearness of the kingdom of God. A love that climbed the cross and then stayed there waiting for the end. A love that awaited God's judgment and our redemption. A love that submitted itself for our salvation, even at the cost of his death. A love that outweighed death. A love that waits for us even now. I ask you to wait on God this Christmas. He will not leave you waiting. He will come to you. He will be faithful to you. But as you wait, rejoice that He waits with you. And He waits for you. Rejoice that his patience is always for your good and for your salvation out of his great love for you. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. The zeal of the almighty will and has accomplished this. Amen. Amen. And so, God, we ask that you would seal now your word. We thank you today for your patience. We thank you that you are patient with us, not out of an arbitrary nature, but because you love us. That you wait for us That you wait with us That you sit with us That you don't rush us That your patient waiting Always, always leads To our salvation To our redemption To our healing So God, today, as best we can We're going to tell you that we will wait on you We will wait for you You have been faithful and you will be faithful. So we will wait for you. And as we do, our hearts are glad. Our hearts are joyful with the knowledge that you never stopped waiting on us. That your patience never ran out on us. And so today we love you. We glorify you. We worship you. The name of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank God for Pastor David Swanson and the Word. Come on, y'all, give it up. Amen. What a blessing. I'd just add one quick prayer on top of that, because while we're waiting on God, uh, there are people that God has placed in our midst who are waiting to meet the God that we know. And so I want us to pray that this army of believers right here will intentionally find it in your, on your calendar, in your heart, on your to-do list to make sure that you're sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ every opportunity you get. Can you imagine this power here? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was I was really feeling bad. I was had a cold, and I I literally could not hug anybody that day. It was just the weirdest day because I'm a hugger, because but I didn't want to infect anybody. But can you imagine if we were to? hug people and touch people and infuse and infect them with the love of Jesus Christ. So this is my prayer for all of us. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for my brothers and sisters who are here who have heard an awesome word of God in the form of Pastor David Swanson. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that you will just give us strength as an army of believers that we would go out into this world And that we will touch those who need to be affected and infected with you. So, Lord, we thank you, Father God, as we share the gospel of Jesus Christ, Lord, that while we're sharing, Lord, blessings will come. Lord, we come right now because many are lost. And, Lord, God is waiting on us. So, Lord, I thank you and praise you in advance for what you will do. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 What a blessing it is. Amen to hear Pastor Davis Watson. Come on, give God a hand one more time.